0: This episode is brought to you in partnership with MUSC's new Health and Wellness Institute. Most of us think of MUSC as a place we go when we're really sick and we need help desperately, but what I want to highlight this season is all the incredible, amazing things that are happening at MUSC to keep you from needing their services, really. I mean, All of this research, innovative treatment, there's really cool stuff going on at MUSC and I cannot wait to bring some of these physicians and healthcare providers and researchers onto the podcast so that you can hear behind the scenes of exactly what's going on. Guys, welcome back to the Davico podcast and I am your host Claire O'Brien I'm a nurse practitioner um, and today I'm myself is interviewing myself um, I realized that i, I was talking I'm in Charleston actually for the weekend and I was talking to somebody who um, was is involved with the fundraising fundraising for the children's Hospital MUSC and I was like, gosh you know I never fully like recapped that story um and I just, I love the, I love the podcast platform and I feel like this can, I can put also put it on Instagram and everybody can see it. And, um, it's just an easier way for me to get this out there. So, um, everybody, if, if you've been listening and following along, I'm so sorry if this is very redundant, but, um, let me start from the beginning. So in December of 2020, what last year, six, six months ago or so, six or seven months ago. Um, it was two days before Christmas and I kept seeing, um, you know, pajama drives and toy drives everywhere. Um, which is great. You know, I mean that obviously with any kind of giving the, the heart is always there and the the effort and really you know that is is so important to to get people involved in that way and to raise awareness for really everything and people's heartstrings are particularly vulnerable at, you know christmas and holiday time so that's a big time that a lot of um nonprofits will you know kind of capitalize on fundraising or, or whatever that whatever they're doing um, so all of that was kind of very in the air and um a friend of mine who lives in Myrtle Beach actually sent me a story of a family that was like a a friend of hers from church and she said I just I thought you would want to see this this um sweet family who's in the children's hospital at MUSC and um, mom I have talked to mom um thank you Lauren who has always given me permission to to share her daughter's story um and their daughter was actually in the children's hospital at the time For COVID sepsis. Um, and so that's what they thought was, was going on. And she was on a ventilator, very, very sick. And then ultimately was found to have underlying leukemia, um, which is why she got so, so sick from COVID as a, as a young, healthy child. Um, for those of y'all who don't know the geography of south carolina so myrtle beach is about two hours from charleston um and this was during COVID times and so it it just kind of made my brain kind of start thinking about um really everything that would be going into a child having a child in the hospital one during COVID, two your child in the hospital at all and then three at, at holiday time Four then being a couple of hours away, and if you have other children, so it just kind of got my wheels spinning and so take the first part of the story when all these pajama and toy drives are going on, and then the second part where you 're like gosh i can 't imagine the hell that would be having a child in the hospital ever uh, much less far away from you than if you've put other kids in the mix and it, it just I, I just kind of started visualizing the strain that this was putting on this family and so I said, okay. Um, I'd love to connect with her. Let me send her a message, and I'm going to send her a um, like a Grubhub gift card because also at this time, no the families at, at the children's hospital um, normally like me all these they'll have meal vouchers for the cafeteria or they'll have the child life people able to come visit or they'll be able to set up all this stuff for Christmas or they can go to Ronald McDonald House across the street and get three meals a day, just depending, you know, if they're staying there. So there's all this stuff that would normally be going on that so much of it wasn't able to happen because of COVID. Um, And I think most of us don't realize the logistics of that at baseline. And then I certainly hadn't thought about the fact that none of that was going on. So I sent them a gift card and then just thought, I bet other people would love to know about this and love to contribute a a gift card or whatever and help these families out at christmas so i called the their department so i'm going to try to explain along the way to how you can get involved with your local hospital or children's hospital if you ever want to do anything like this year-round christmas time all of it um so there are typically departments in children's hospitals called child life Number one. Um, And number two, there are always social work departments. I mean, every hospital top to bottom has a social work department. Social workers are um, the ones who really do what's called like a means assessment for these families, um, see what resources they have, what resources they don't have. Is it a two-parent family? Is it a two-income family? Do they have other children? Do they have proper housing? All of this goes into account, right? It's very complicated. And I... I mean, people think different professions are so hard, you know, anything you're not used to. And I just, I mean, social work, I think is grueling, basically grueling, thankless work. Um, And so anyway, but so social work would be typically who, and child life would would be who would really be connected with these families that are in the hospital. So I called the child life lady um, at MUSC, you know, and also this is two days before Christmas. So like no one was there. And I, I don't know why I just... The timing was just funny. We were like going, literally going out of town the next day to go see my parents. We'd been quarantining for two weeks so that we could see them in person safely. Um, so I, <laughs> I got on Instagram and I was like, "Hey, I think, um, I think I'm going to do this gift card drive. Like, if you, if anybody wants to Venmo me, I will. Here's my Venmo. I'll go get the gift cards, and I'll take them down to MUSC later today." I don't know what I thought was going to happen. I I really don't. I genuinely just put it up there around lunchtime that day, December 23rd. And I mean, within an hour, I had two or $3,000 and I was like, Whoa, okay. That's amazing. Like that's a lot. So I, I shared that update. Well, within two hours, I had 7,000, 8,000. Then I I thought this is bigger than I realized it was going to be. I'm going to tag anybody that I know that's, you know, in Charleston or South Carolina that may have a following and want to share it with their followers. So I started tagging my friends, Sweet Angel Cam Wimberly. um, you know, and basically anyone who's got like a bajillion followers and she's just a sweet angel. And so she shared it. All these different people were sharing it, right? Like Holy City Chic, my friend Snoop99. I mean, anybody that had a platform saw how big this could be and jumped on it and shared it. And so for that, like, I can't thank y'all enough. I mean, I'm glad that I had, I think at the time I had 12 or 13,000 followers. I don't know. And which is great. Cool. Great. But I mean, I'm just, I I didn't have as many as they did. And uh, all of these people started sharing it and I will never I mean I know that that's what helped things along. So within probably 12 hours I in my Venmo account had raised over $75,000 and then it was 80 and then it was 85. Oh, and one thing that helped after the first hour or two, my friend Hallie Techo who is the founder of Natalist, um you should look it up. They do everything for fertility and trying to conceive. And it's amazing. It's such a wonderful company. She wrote and said, okay, I will match whatever you raise today. Well, then, then she got smart and was like, wait a second. No, I will match whatever you raise up to 20,000. So very quickly we had raised 8,000 that turns into essentially 28,000 because we knew, I mean, I knew it was, we were going to get to to 20. And so individuals, raised $85,000 and Hallie matched another 20. So we were at basically $105,000 within close to 24 hours. Y'all, I had a complete stranger who lives in Chicago, who I don't know, this person doesn't know me, but just saw the story and said, I see you're at Whatever the please don't make me do the math, whatever the number is. But I was, I was like seventeen hundred dollars away from a hundred thousand. She said, I would love to see it be a hundred. Here's seventeen hundred dollars. That's what I mean. I could not, I could not, first of all, believe it. I could not handle it. I was dying. It was two days before Christmas. Also, at the point where I got to five thousand dollars, I was like, okay, I can't just like, what do I? I mean, I got on Instagram, I was like, what do I do? Do I go like, can I go to the bank? What the hell happens now? You can't, I can't just roll up into Costco. That was my plan. I was going to go to Costco and get all these gift cards. And I'm like, you can't just roll up into Costco and buy $5,000 worth of gift cards. Oh gosh, I, I didn't even explain why the gift cards were, were the goal. So when we're talking about the financial strain of all of these families, my brain just thought they don't want toys and gift card. I mean, they don't want toys and and pajamas at Christmas. Like they are financially struggling. They are away from their families. They're spending money on childcare that they don't have. They're spending hundreds of dollars a week on gas that they don't have. And so the point of going back to when I was explaining child life and social work is that, those are the two um, kind of organizations that are closest to those families that are gonna figure out who needs what the most. And, and that was where the motivation for all of this was, really just toys and, and pajamas are great, but these families are hurting. They are literally hurting and they cannot afford to care for their children right now. They're away from their other children. It's, an, it's a complete nightmare. So if you've been following DabbleCo and me for any length of time, you know that I'm super careful with anybody that I endorse or any partnership or brand here. So the goal is always to share evidence-based medicine and things backed by actual science with our audience and our followers. So I was thrilled when BetterHelp approached me to do a partnership with them. So thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is an online platform that connects you to counseling in an incredibly convenient and affordable way, which I think are the two biggest barriers to counseling, access and affordability. So I was actually really surprised when I looked up their rates for counseling. They were a third of what I feel like I've ever heard and what I've personally paid. Um, It solves both of the problems with literally the click of a button on the internet. So I have personally seen the benefits of counseling. I know firsthand how important it is, and I know it plays a crucial role in mental health. So check them out, and they will know that I sent you, and you'll get 10% off your first month of counseling if you head to betterhelp.com slash dabbleco. Um, so it's super easy, betterhelp.com slash dabbleco. Thanks, guys. Um, and so I pledged that every dollar that we raised would go in some way to impact these families directly financially. At first I said gift cards, and then it was so big. I was like, you, you, you can't buy $10,000. It's not a thing. Like, you can't buy that many gift cards. Um, So... Once it got to that point, and all of this money was in my Venmo account, um, which is it's kind of was a double-edged sword, but also a really important part of the story. And so someone asked me, Venmo became kind of a nightmare. And then someone said, well, would you do Venmo again, or would you recommend a different platform? And I said, you know, I actually... So Venmo is interesting. Nothing was tax-deductible, although... Um, anyone who donated a large amount, we worked with the organizations either MUSC or Ronald McDonald House to make sure that they got the appropriate tax deduction. Um, and most of the other donations were like five dollars, ten dollars, but now it's in my account, and I you can't just pull it out. So with Venmo, you can only pull out a certain amount per day, and then you can only pull out a certain amount per week. Um, so, which then, you know, people were like, you're going to get, this is going to be a tax nightmare. You're going to get like assessed for this income. And I, so then I get all these, got called my accountant, like an emergency, like meeting with my accountant. And then I talked to another accountant, just get a second opinion. And it was a mess. Um, but so for a minute I was freaking out like, oh my God, I'm going to get like penalized for this. Um, but they both were like, no, that's not how it works. Um, so in the meantime, I, someone reached out from Ronald McDonald House and said, you know, you should consider this because, or or reached out about Ronald McDonald House and said, you should consider it because that's like, Ronald McDonald is a huge resource for families whose children are in the hospital. So if you don't know what Ronald McDonald House does, um, it is a literal house. I mean, it's, you know, bigger than just a house. It's, I don't know. I think they can serve 20 families at a time. Typically with COVID, they were having to cut it in half. Um, and what they do, obviously, McDonald's is their biggest funder donor. But what they do is they are located within walking distance, typically, to children's hospitals. Your your family can stay there. They provide three meals a day, um, and then whatever. With I learned so much during this during this whole process the sweet people that worked at Ronald McDonald House were like, yeah, sometimes they literally, the family shows up because the child was taken by ambulance in the middle of the night or helicopter or whatever. So you can imagine if you and your child are in Greenville, which is three hours away, three and a half, and they're medevaced to MUSC, you're not packing a toothbrush. You're not packing a change of clothes, shampoo, towels, anything. You literally just get on the helicopter with your child who is fighting for their life and you go down there. And so they said, you know, we have a little fund that kind of takes care of whatever families need when they walk in the door. Um, so Ronald McDonald became, um, a big part of this as well. Um, and so, so many people wanted to know, rightfully so, you know, and I've kind of tried to share little tidbits of what happened along the way. Um, but I wanted to share really what, what the overarching kind of ending process was. So, um, I was able to initially I, I pulled out um, ten thousand for Ronald McDonald House and was able to send that to them very quickly because I, just with Venmo, so I was able to do that quickly. Um, and then we actually talked about an additional amount um, that they had a specific need, and so we did an additional five dollars there. Additionally, with COVID, so talking about things you just don't realize they. Ronald McDonald House used to have volunteer sign-ups where people could come in and bring meals. So, um, like, youth groups would do it. We did sorority stuff there in college. We would pick a night and go to Ronald McDonald House and, I think, like, Key Club in high school, we did that. Um, and different organizations. Well, now, because of COVID, they're not able to do that. And so, they're having to actually buy and individually package all of these meals, which was a massive financial burden on Ronald McDonald House during covid so then somebody messaged and said, if you're going to do meals for Ronald McDonald, why don't you think about local restaurants? And I was like, genius. That pours back into our local community and um, supports, obviously, their meals and what they're able to do. So used about, I believe it ended up being $7,500 for um, for Ronald McDonald meals. We covered the entire month of January, most a, a big chunk of February because... So many of the restaurants that, um, helped with meals during January also took a meal and donated it during February. So I want to recognize all of those restaurant groups, Callie's Hot Little Biscuits, Verde, um, the Basic Kitchen group, um, the group that owns First Place Sports Pub, Misu, and, um, and Republic, Bubbles and Bourbon, they, they did several meals, um, Oh my gosh. A home team barbecue was such a huge one. Um, and it, it really, all of these restaurants, oh my gosh, there was another barbecue one and I can't, it's escaping me. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna have to look at my notes, but I can't pause. I don't know how to do that. Um, it, it really was, it was an unbelievable effort. Um, from, from all of these restaurants. No one, they, no one charged me full price for any meal. Um, they all gave some kind of discount, whether it was for, through the meals or delivery or the tax. Oh, butcher and B, um, did several meals. Anyway, it, it just was, it was unbelievable. Um, so about 25,000 went to, um, went to Ronald McDonald house. Then, specifically 20,000 that was um that was donated by um or matched by by Techo at Natalist um that went to the palliative care program um specifically because that is a program that we identified where there's a huge need um if some if a child needs a funeral paid for or if a child is in hospice or uh, using their palliative care services during chemo or radiation or whatever I think people hear palliative care and they assume every kid is dying that's in this and, and that's not even the case. And, and they um, meet a huge need within the MUSC hospital as well. Um, so that went immediately to that. Then there were a few specific families that I was able to work with teams and identify and one mom has given me permission to share as well. So there was um, a little boy that was at MUSC for several weeks and he ultimately needed a, a double lung transplant. Um, and he was going to be flown to Children's Hospital of Philadelphia or Chop, um, and and have his lung transplant there. Well, you you don't think about that. There's this mom and dad, their kid who's either was either twelve or fourteen. Um, they have another child at home, and what are they going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? They're going to be in Philadelphia for like six months doing this tra- transplant. So. We gave them a, a specific large amount of money, and what they were able to do was rent an apartment near the hospital for the entire amount of time that they were there, and that would give them money to rent a car, or have transportation while they're there so they can get to and from the hospital and get meals, and it just... That is the kind of thing that I don't think you can realize until you've gone through it, and I have not. So, I mean, there were so many things I, I had no idea, but until you've gone through something like that, you can't even imagine the financial, the emotional, the physical stress and toll that that takes on a family. I mean, I I can't, I, I just can't imagine. Um, and so there were a few families like that, that we were able to, to help specifically and directly. And, um, and then the rest went to, um, those departments through MUSC that I was talking about. I worked with, um, Mark Schur, who, um, you know, is a, he's a, Pediatric, is he a cardiac surgeon or pediatric cardiologist? And um, he's he runs helps run the children's hospital, and um, worked really closely with Dr. Conrad Williams and was able to really identify specific teams and needs, and um, and give the rest of that chunk of money um, straight to the children's hospital. So for everybody that donated, I mean, y'all saw it. It this thing went bananas. I mean, it was the craziest thing I've ever been a part of. There were people messaging me from all over the country. First of all, I had thousands of messages. I literally couldn't keep up with it. I mean, it was crazy, but I was trying to keep up with it because it was so incredible to see all these messages from everywhere. I mean, literally everywhere saying, I'm going to do this for my city. I'm going to, I'm going to do this for my town's children's hospital. I had never even thought about that. And I had people messaging me that were like, This year has been so terrible, and I had an overwhelming number of people say that they could not, felt like they had no connection to their, like, community anymore, that they felt like they had no connection to other people, and that they felt like people didn't care about people anymore, and that this was overwhelming for them to see. So, anyway... It just was, it just was really unbelievable for just, for so many reasons. And I just, um, man, I, I, I just, I can't thank, I cannot thank everybody enough for donating $1, donating $100, sharing it on your stories, sharing it with your friends. It just, it became this community movement that was so much bigger than I could have ever, ever anticipated. Um, and it, it, it sounds, you know, it's cliche, I think, or we think, we think it's cliche to say this was literally life-changing for so many people, but it, it was. And I don't think we even give ourselves enough credit for what we're capable of, particularly as a community. I think that, you know, we see somebody's name on the side of the children's hospital and we're like, you know what? I can't give $25 million. So my donation is not worth it. And, or my time is not worth it or my efforts, or even there's an organization that, um, does gift baskets for moms that have children in the hospital at mother's day. And part of what they do in there is put handwritten notes from, um, people in the community. And I, I mean, we've just forgotten how much of an impact that can make on people and, and on people's lives. So, um, I hope that, I hope we'll be able to do it again. Um, I watched other people doing it. I watched other people become inspired and realize how much of a ripple you can make in your own community. And, and anyway, I just thank you guys for caring, for caring about anything that I ever have to say one. Um, but just caring about your community enough to, to just take two seconds to even donate, you know, cause it, we're just, we're busy and we're, we don't even, we just don't do that anymore. Um, as always, thank you for listening. Um, especially, uh, thank you for listening to me cry. And I'm like, I'm not a big crier. Like I will, I will definitely cry every now and then. So, um, and it's probably like, I'm sick. I don't feel great. You can probably tell, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to me cry. And um, as always, share the podcast with your friends, with your family. And that's how I continue to get really great guests. That's how people find the show. And I appreciate it. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.